0: What's going on, everybody? Aiden from Birds vs. Boys here, and the NFL Draft for 2023 has came and gone. And it's hard not to be elated if you're an Eagles fan right now. First and foremost, thank you to everybody who tuned into our live draft stream for round one on Thursday. Both the Eagles and the Cowboys had great nights. We were excited. So anybody who followed along on YouTube, Twitter, and then our reactions afterwards on YouTube and TikTok did really well. So we're very appreciative of that. But let's talk about this Eagles draft class and everything over the past three days that they have done. I don't think we need to do report cards because it's pretty much an A plus. It was an A plus after day one, and then it only got better. We'll just go into the players a little bit about them and then just the strategy behind picking those players and why you should be so excited. I think the last YouTube video that we did before the draft, we said it was the last thing we said. You can't win in April you win in January and February, but it's hard not to feel like the Eagles won something right (laughs) over the past three days. So let's get into it. Starting Thursday night, the two Georgia players, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, first of all value. So Jalen Carter drops to nine, you move up and you only do a fourth round pick to get it next year in order to get him. That just makes sense to take him at nine. And, The player himself, no matter who you thought was the best defensive player in the draft, if you thought it was Will Anderson, if you thought it was Devin Witherspoon, if you thought it was Jalen Carter, it seems like unanimous that those were the top three. So you got a top three defensive player. They're almost falling out of the top 10. And when you watch him play just a physically dominant guy, that's why his win rate was so incredible at Georgia, blows things up in the middle. You can see why he is just comped to Fletcher Cox and could be the heir apparent to Fletcher Cox because They throw double teams at him all the time in the SEC and he just would bully SEC offensive linemen and blow things up for that Georgia defensive line and might be the most impressive player on that defense that has multiple NFL players, including obviously a few on the Eagles. So that just made total sense at nine and I'm glad they were able to do it. We didn't think he'd be there. We thought he'd go off the board. If not the top five, probably top seven. They get him a nine there, which is fantastic. Nolan Smith, another one. They were surprised that he lasted until 30. We did a mock draft where I took him at 10. We thought he'd go in the teens. There's been a lot made of the high character issues uh, and just, you know, are they bad eggs with the Georgia kids? And we'll get into that when we go over Kaylee Ringo. Nolan Smith is the complete opposite. We knew a team that would fall in love with his high character, his motor, just his positive energy around him and his competitiveness. So you take all that and you combine it with his athleticism. This is a fantastic move for the Eagles. His comp was Hassan Reddick, And you can see why, because Reddick was an offensive, uh, or I'm sorry, an outside linebacker coming out of Temple. They switched him to defensive line, beats everybody with that speed. And you think you can recreate him with Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith was able to drop back into coverage in Georgia. You see a lot of that uh, on tape there. He could do the same type of thing for the Eagles that they do with Hassan Reddick, where he was this offensive or um, outside linebacker, turn defensive end, use his speed, get to the quarterback. To get him at 30, again, is fantastic. And I'll just do my spiel here. You've heard it if you followed our show for quite some time. It's best players, it's the best teams. This is such an easy strategy to subscribe to. Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter were both five-star prospects coming out of high school. So they're the best high school players in the country. They go to Georgia powerhouse program they win two national championships so okay they're the best player on the collegiate program they win this last title 65 to 7 so it wasn't even close who the best team and the best defense was in college football it was georgia right so yeah these kids could be busts all these georgia kids could be busts everyone that we've taken dean davis nolan smith jalen carter kaylee Ringo. they could all be busts but i'm just going to take my chances that the kids that were the best in high school And the kids that were the best in college are now going to be the best in the NFL. It's just such an easy train of logic to follow. And I'm so glad that the Eagles are taking it. Every draft pick is a risk. Every single player could be a best, but you mitigate the risk when you take guys who have played in big moments, performed in big moments, and you have the eye test proof that they have been good their entire careers in football. This is the perfect example taking two guys from that Georgia defense who have dominated in the collegiate ranks for the past few years. And before that, taking Devonte Smith and Landon Dickerson who did the same thing at Alabama. So I just, the best player, best team approach. I am all about it. I've been about it. I've been begging for it. I'm so glad that the Eagles are doing it. On to day two. Pretty ironic because this is the day where we don't have the Georgia guys. So it's kind of getting flying under the radar. But two really good players as well. Sidney Brown, we mocked multiple times to the Eagles in our mock drafts on our YouTube page. We like this kid a lot. Physical safety can play up the line. Loves to tackle. I don't know if you guys saw his story, uh, but him and his brother, you're never gonna have to question the commitment, you're never gonna have to question the dedication. These are two kids that were living in homeless shelters, and they were like, All right, football is our way out of this shelter. So they've been grinding brothers at uh, at Illinois and just two star-studded guys. And you talk you heard Howie Roseman talk about it. They it was a red star prospect, which means everything there, talent, leadership. They were like, gotta have this kid. He is perfect. And I think. This is ironic. He could be the best player out of this draft. You look at everything involved. One, talent, obviously, commitment, leadership, but also safety is a position of need. He could have major responsibility right away and be on the field for day one. Some of these other guys, Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter, Kaylee Ringo, all those Georgia guys, yeah, they could be talented, but there's people ahead of them in the depth chart. Uh, Cindy Brown might be on the field day one for the Eagles. And I, I think he would be able to hold up if he was on, on the field day one. So, all this Georgia talk, Sidney Brown could be the most influential prospect that they drafted. Now, the next one that they drafted, back-to-back picks. Again, that was a great move uh, by the Eagles to kind of trade and pick up some picks and kind of wheel and deal. So back-to-back picks. Tyler Steen, Alabama. Again, I'm all in. Give me the big-time SEC programs who are playing for SEC championships, for playing for college football playoffs, who are playing for national championships. Those kids are performing in the biggest moments probably will do the same in the NFL, right? It just makes sense. Tyler Steen. So this is like a classic Eagles pick. He's a tackle, but now he'll come in and he'll probably play guard. And after a while, as Lane Johnson and Milada get older, he'll probably transition back to tackle. They're just going to give him to Jeff Stoutland and be like, okay, here's your prospect. Mold him into a reliable starter. We haven't really touched on this with the Eagles, but they don't have tremendous offensive line depth right now. Like, Andre Dillard left, Isaac Sayamalo left, Jason Kelsey is going to retire soon and Lane Johnson is in his thirties. Jack Driscoll is like your only line of defense in terms of depth. So Steen might not start right away, but they still need that depth. And we're just assuming that Cam Jergens is good, but wasn't Juergens supposed to be the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey and just transition to the center? So then you would need a guard there to fill Sayamalo's spot, like you think Jergens is going to. So Steen turns out, another guy like Sidney Brown, Might be playing a pretty hefty role here. We're gonna talk Jalen Carter nonstop, but these two guys on day two may have huge roles for the Eagles almost right away. And then we go to day three. Before the draft starts, the Eagles trade back up into round four. And you're saying. To do that from jump all the way from round six where they were picking next, that big gap between round three and six, there must be somebody that they are dying for that they know won't make it all the way to round six and won't even come close. They have the draft picks to do it. They pull the trigger. They move up. They're the third pick in the fourth round. Where do they go? Back to the wishing well, back to UGA, back to the national championship defense, repeat champions. And why are they repeat champions? The Kaylee Ringo pick six a year ago against Alabama. I love the pick. Great value in the fourth round. Some people, including Benjamin Solak, had him as one of the top ranked corners in this draft class. I think Solak had him as third overall. And I saw, I think Zach Berm tweeted this out, but it was reminiscent of the Josh Sweat pick, where he's like, he got him late. He probably should have went earlier. He was a high rated prospect to start and kind of just fell. But once you get him in that system, he'll be fine. Now, one of the reasons why he dropped first was length. And the, I, I know that's, that's kind of a weird thing to talk about, but just like arms and stuff like that, that kind of made him drop. And then he falls, but some people think he's better suited as a safety. Well, okay, he can play safety for the Eagles too. That's fine with me. But the other thing is the character concerns. Uh, Ian Rappaport said that he has a "quote unquote" five-star prospect mentality, and what's that mean? It means you you're, you're walking in the room, you think you own the place, you're not listening to people because you're like, "Listen, I'm the best. I don't really need this." But those that happens with those five-star prospects, and then they go to Georgia, and everybody else is like a five-star prospect, and then. You get to the NFL. I think these character concern guys like Carter and Kaylee Ringo, if they were drafted by Cleveland or Houston or Arizona, this wouldn't work. What makes it work is you're drafting into a team in the Eagles who already have that infrastructure. You can't have that five-star prospect mentality that you're going to walk in day one and own the place because there's people there already that do own the place. This is what makes the re-signings over the offseason so important. Brandon Graham is back. Fletcher Cox is back. These are two guys up front who might have their jerseys retired by the team. They've been All-Pros. They've won a Super Bowl. They have performed at the highest level of football and been successful. In the back end, James Bradbury was second-team All-Pro, played in the Super Bowl. Darius Slay, one of the most respected corners in the game. You can't really walk in with this five-star mentality when you're coming into the Eagles because there's guys developed there that are ahead of you. So this is a perfect landing spot. If you have character concern concerns, that's acceptable. That's okay. But this is a good place to have them because you have that infrastructure. You have that leadership, you know, the line of command, you know, it starts with Jalen hurts in the locker room. There's that, that's the core. And that chemistry is there. So if this, if Kaylee Ringo goes, you know, to Cleveland in round four, I'd be like, ah, if he has the character concerns, maybe it doesn't work. It will work here. So I I know that was why he dropped, but you can see why the Eagles took the risk there. And then this only counters a draft pick, but DeAndre Swift is just like the most common sense move ever, right? Like he's from Philadelphia, went to Georgia. Put all that aside. He was a productive running back who's now in a crowded running back room. The Lions used the 12th overall pick on a running back. So he's up for sale. And you pretty much get him for essentially nothing. He's, first of all, his contract is cheap this year alone. So he's 1.7 million of a cap hit this year. If he leaves in free agency, you'll get a comp pick in the fifth round. So essentially you did a seventh round pick swap to get him. This is just common sense. You're getting a productive running back and doing, and getting, uh, like giving up nothing to do it. This makes so much sense. Is Rashad Penny a great running back? Is DeAndre Swift a great running back? Is Kenny Gainwell a great running back? No, but altogether, that's a really good running back room. And more importantly, over the next two years, Miles Sanders, the cap hit in Carolina, is over $10 million. The cap hit this year for those three guys in the Eagles that I just mentioned, $3.9 million. The DeAndre Swift thing is just the most common sense thing of all time. And then lastly, I just want to touch on this because Harry Roseman brought this up. Moro Ojomo, the defensive tackle from Texas, how he brought up wanting to have some sixth and seventh round picks because they they've been able to hit there and it's kind of just throw something at the wall, hope it sticks if we have a few picks there. He feels like one of those guys. He made it a point to say, let's try on these guys. And you could just see Ojomo turning into like a reliable starter where he's never going to be a star, but he could be a rotational piece up front and just building out that depth. They lost a few guys in free agency and then they build it up again. So I just wanted to touch on that quickly. But all in all, I just love the strategy that the Eagles are taking. You probably, even if you're not a football fan, go through life and say, I wish people would use common sense more. Well the Eagles are doing it and I love it. I can't I can't say enough. This is like my wildest dreams come true of recreating the Georgia defense, recreating the Alabama offense that won a national championship and just making common sense low risk high reward moves like bringing in DeAndre Swift. It just makes sense and that's why i'm so happy that the eagles are doing it if they were the best in high school if they were the best in college i'm just gonna take my chances that they are going to be the best at the nfl level as well and if it doesn't work out i can at least live with that line of thinking when it comes to draft strategy instead of reaching on guys they got great value they targeted prospects who were talented and productive they didn't reach and they mitigated their risk. It is the perfect draft strategy. Everyone should be doing it, and I don't really know why other people aren't, but I am so, so, so excited and juiced up about the Eagles now. I'm recovered from the Super Bowl almost after this three-day stretch. So... We'll be back with more videos. I think what we're going to do is bring some more people in for interviews. We'll have Kevin back for the Cowboys reaction and everything like that. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. We saw a lot of new subscribers after the NFL draft. Number's doing great on those reaction videos, so we're very excited about that and excited that you're excited, and you should be if you're an Eagles fan. So thanks for tuning in to this one. We'll be back soon, and welcome to Georgia North, boys. This is the best.